Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You're listening to a new episode of the SciBeat Podcast, where your host, award-winning author and cybercrime journalist, Deb Radcliffe, interviews hackers, coders, intelligence experts, agents, officers, cybersecurity pros, and other interesting harbingers, heroes, and warriors. These conversations are sure to get you thinking. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hello, I'm Deb Radcliffe, host of SciBeat. Today we're talking to Alyssa Knight and Shannon Wilkinson about a new form of telling cyber stories, which also can translate into new ways of marketing cybersecurity. So we're all familiar with sponsored white papers, webcast podcasts, but what about movies, TV shows, or digital streaming shows? Um, I was intrigued personally by a premiere of Dark Ops, which I attended in February in Las Vegas, and I met most of the actors and production crew, quite a great group of people there. At the helm of the show was hacker-turned-producer Listen Knight, which was sponsored and, and the show was also sponsored by Tego Cyber. This series is based on an FBI cyber unit taking down bad guys, trying to steal critical national secrets from the U.S. and enlisting insiders to do their dirty work. Alyssa is here with us along with Shannon. And Shannon is the CEO and founder of Tego Cyber, a threat correlation and hunting platform that was mentioned several times in the show's dialogue as they were piecing together what the bad guys were up to. Together, we'll go over some of the excitement of the show in Vegas, while also unwrapping the business value of using this type of platform to raise awareness about threats, security, and products. Welcome, both of you. Thanks, Deb. Hey, Deb. Good to be here. It's Love hanging out with Shannon, too. So Yeah, <laughs> Shannon and both of you, yeah. <laughs> So we were all dressed up that night for the premiere, Shannon, and your two daughters, or how many, were all your daughters there? Yes, three okay. daughters. Yeah. And they were all dressed up. They looked like little princesses. That was so much fun. And the red carpet and everything. Um, we, you know, tell us a little bit about how this came about, starting with the story's inception, getting the funding and sponsorship you needed, and actually rolling it out on a red carpet in a theater in Vegas. Yeah. So was that for Shannon or me? <laughs> or um, let's start with, did you seek out the funding, Alyssa, or did Shannon approach you with the funding? Yeah. So, so in, in Hollywood, you have, you know, different types of productions. Um, and, and one thing that's pretty difficult to get are, are what's called co-pros or co-produced films. Um, and so we actually have been very successful uh, since we started filming our first film and the fact that every single one of our films are co-produced. So uh, Tego Cyber, uh, who you mentioned earlier, Shannon Wilkinson, the CEO, is the co-producer of um, Dark Ops. And so they they basically, as the co-producer, finance the film, as executive producers, uh, we've got both Shannon and Troy Wilkinson uh, as co-producers of, of the series. And what we are wanting to do is really, as you mentioned, Deb, tell stories in a different way, marketing in a different way, where I feel like the world is just sick and tired of being punched in the face with an advertisement 
Uh, no one's really downloading 30 page white papers anymore. Um, I don't know if they ever did. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, and really just weaving the company's product in the story arc of the film. We're big believers in people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And we feel that storytelling through a bingeable series like Dark Ops is a great way to tell the Tego story while also, you know, educating people on cybersecurity awareness and just getting people excited about cybersecurity and hoping to fill that that talent gap that we have. No, absolutely. And piggybacking on what Alyssa said too, um, one of the things that people might know, might not know is that. Uh, I started off my career with the United Nations and Troy was with the State Department. We actually met overseas in a peacekeeping mission. So one of the things that we're doing with Alyssa and Mel is that we're weaving in um, the stories of cases that we've been involved in or our friends have told us about. So a lot of what Dark Ops is, is it's based on real cases and true stories of things that have actually happened in the realm of cybersecurity. And we have from the UN, I learned the saying that the truth is stranger than fiction. And that's really true. If you, if you look at some of the stories that we'll be sharing through Dark Ops, you really think, you know, this is made up Hollywood stuff, but no, this is actually stuff that has really happened in real life. Wow. And, and I did get that message when Alyssa was actually standing in front of the audience before the show, sort of introducing things, or maybe it was after the show. Um, and I thought, wow, okay, I haven't read about this one. You know, the actual two episodes that we watched that came to a conclusion at the end of the second episode. Um, and I thought, okay, so this is intellectual property theft. And not surprising that China would try to steal state secrets or someone in China would. Um, and as a journalist in this space, I've covered a lot of that myself, uh, but I didn't know about like the self-lifting airplanes and technology that was underway at the time. So that was really cool. Um, you know, I thought too, uh, I also am a storyteller and I've got a cyber thriller book series out. So I feel a kindred spirit to what Alyssa's doing. Um, and I agree that we need to tell the message in a more exciting way. It may even lead to more career paths in this space, which we really need. And are you seeing any of that kind of feedback, both of you on this? Yeah, um, at least on the Night Studio side, um, you know, I think the most common reaction that we get is, you know, wow, this is, this is really cool what you guys are doing. You know, this is so different. And, you know, if you look at my, um, my experience over the last two decades, a lot of the content as a content creator that I've put out has never really been me to content. I've always wanted to turn things on their head and do things a different way. And I really feel like, you know, as, as a company, we're reinventing cybersecurity marketing. I, I just feel, you know, selling fear um, or, you know, just telling people what your product does, what its features are, doesn't really resonate with people at a visceral level, like yeah. movies and TV shows, right? So we'll, we'll knowing that we have a 4 a.m. meeting the next morning, we'll stay up all night to binge watch The Last of Us or whatever it may be um, that you're currently hooked on. Um, and nothing really affects us at that visceral level than visual storytelling through movies and, and through series. And if you think about our happiest memories as kids, mine were always going to the movie theater with my parents. 
you know, and, um, you know, or sitting around the TV and watching WKRP in Cincinnati, if any of you are old enough to remember that show. Um, but, you know, oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I feel like, you know, nothing, nothing could ever make us cry or, or, or laugh or, you know, really feel those deepest um, visceral emotions than, than movies and, and, and TV shows. And one of the things, Alyssa, that I really appreciate what we're doing with Dark Ops, and I think you you do through Night Studios, is that it's not the CSI effect. Um, we're yeah. telling cybersecurity like it really is. You know, we're not More using accurate. holographic images. And yeah, I'm hacking your browser file. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It, you hit the nail on the head, Shannon. And, and that's the thing is, you know, um, we wanted to also at the same time prove that Hollywood could get cybersecurity right. You know, the days of hackers, um, which is a great, you know, film. Um, but everyone in cybersecurity just kind of laughed throughout the movie because it was just so ridiculous. And so... Yeah. One of the things that we we always did from the very beginning was we never used, you know, fake anything. Um, everything was always using real hacking tools, like, for example, from Hack5 or, you know, um, Kali Linux. You'll see actual hacker tools uh, in our shows. And I, and I think that's a big reason behind, um, you know, the success of Mr. Robot uh, and now, um, you know, Tehran, you know, is Every, a lot of it is is accurate and and I think that's what people want and I and I th I feel like those those old days are gone and and we're really trying to push the way through to be able to deliver that yeah you also showed really well the way an FBI agency or law enforcement agency that's versed in cybersecurity would go after these guys and this is what I was trying to show in my cyber thriller series is the side of the working professionals that are fighting the good fight. And that's right. what I really like seeing in your show. But I thought the funniest scene was you in that <laughs> scene. I hated that scene. When I you're getting ready to toss your computer into <laughs> the pool right before one of the agents gets you down on your knees and puts handcuffs on your back. And I know that was just to sort of introduce the unit in operation. Yeah. It didn't really have anything to do with the main storyline and I know <laughs> I'm thinking I wonder if she was the sacrificial lamb like okay I'll do that scene I mean, <laughs> how did that unfold yeah so um you know we we had difficulties finding an extra that would do that scene for some reason um <laughs> I, I I I don't know what it was but um so yeah so I ended up stepping in and doing it. and I there's this thing with you know, a lot of the inspiration that I get as both a screenwriter and director is from Marvel Studios. And so we're really trying to build that Marvel universe uh, for cybersecurity. And one of the things that um, Stan Lee was very well known for uh, was making cameos in films. So you'll see me make cameos throughout our different series. So if you see, you know, Heat or Ransom or what have you, you'll see me sort of make a short cameos like the bartender or okay. the waitress or whatever. So this was my cameo for Dark Ops. Um, but yeah, I, I actually really did not like that scene. But, um, <laughs> I tried to cut it, but um, Mel wouldn't let me. So um, yeah. Yeah, in case everybody's asking who's Mel, Mel is your co-producer and your wife. Okay, go on. 
Correct. Yeah. So, and she's also, you know, our director of photography and she's, um, so I'm, I'm really proud of her and the fact that, you know, she's really stepped up and that's mm -hmm. the thing about her and I is, is always trying to reinvent ourselves or, or learn something new. You know, I, I got into production sound mixing because our sound mixer quit the day before filming. And oh so, um, yeah, so I, I had to like go home. I locked myself in our, in my office and I just sat there and watched university of YouTube all night long, trying to learn how to become a production sound mixer. And so now I'm directing sound mixing and doing sound design as well as doing editing, color grading and post-production and directing. So we all wear a lot of hats. Um, but, um, Mel is definitely really, um, uh, really shocked me in, in, in the production quality of these films and really just stepping up and, and just killing it. I'm, I'm really proud of her. Shannon, we interrupted you. You were going to say something. Oh, yeah, no, I was actually going to say, um, because we shot Dark Ops here in Las Vegas, uh, besides bringing Alyssa in for her cameo, we actually were able to um, grab one of our interns from our uh, cybersecurity analyst. He plays Zhang in the film, who also gets arrested at Sushi Loka. And then the group of ladies that are sitting next to the table when Zhang gets arrested is actually a group of my mom and her friends, where we said, hey, we need extras to the film. You guys want to come sit at a table at the restaurant and, and be in the film? And they were all excited and, and to be involved in the project as well. Now that restaurant is a landmark in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. I, I, it's Melanized. I don't know if it's a landmark, but it's our favorite sushi restaurant. Um, so you know, we we know quite a few other. Mel, Mel and I are huge foodies as well as, as, as Shannon. So we, you know, we we. I feel like every this is the first time I feel like I'm meeting Shannon where we're not at a dinner table eating food. But, um, <laughs> Um, but so, you know, we, we know quite a few restaurant owners in the local area, like the original pancake house. Um, we know the, the Freudenberger family, um, who lets us film at their restaurants, which is great because, you know, when, you know, when you're not a Marvel studios or you don't have that sort of Disney budget or Netflix budget, um, you know, you, you try and save money wherever you can in filming, um, so we we do leverage a lot of our relationships with local restaurant owners and bar owners and stuff to film at. Oh, um, and I yeah. met the people who own the house with the swimming pool scene when I first. Yeah, yeah, they came to the premiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they were, yeah we we love them. They we've shot quite a few of our TV series at their house. So yeah. <laughs> nice house. Yeah. We also have the the coop, which is like a, a local office sharing facility um, mm -hmm. that let us use their office location for for shooting some of the office scenes as well so, so yeah a lot of the a lot of dark ops was actually shot at our house at melanie's house so oh. um the dining room scene where all the fbi agents are meeting that was our dining room okay. um, the living room so um you know we we're very fortunate in the fact that you know we can also leverage our home uh you know to shoot a lot of our tv series so you'll see our home in like ransom and and dark ops and you know heat i mean it, i think it's pretty much appeared in every show at this point <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I said, wherever we can save money on set, set location, renting. How much did that explosion cost you? To, uh, you know, here's, here's the shocking thing. So um, we recently hired a VFX artist from DreamWorks. And so that's all VFX. So thank you for the compliment um, that that looked that real. Yeah. Um, 
and and he absolutely killed it and we we he's just he, uh, he's uh, amazing um so you know we're definitely starting to more to weave uh to stitch more uh vfx into our series uh and we're actually planning an animated series here soon as well so we're we're, we're excited for what's to come do you think the animated survey ser series would reach out to younger people? Who yeah, so we we want to try and get more uh, young people interested in cybersecurity. I think, you know, when I got into hacking, I was 13 years old, you know, mm -hmm. and the idea of working in cybersecurity was always a huge dream of mine and passion of mine. Um, so I've been working in it as a recovering hacker for 23 years. Mm -hmm. And so it was, I couldn't fathom all these teenagers growing up with the technology that they've grown up with, not being interested in cybersecurity. So, right. you know, we're actually really trying hard. Um, and we created an animation for, I'm sure you, you, you obviously, you know, Night Dragon, you know, we yeah. they, they've started that fund, um, scholarship fund to bring more people into cybersecurity. And so we created an animation for them, a 3D animation for them for that. And so, you know, we're really trying to do everything we can uh, to help solve this talent gap. You know, my, I, a lot of people don't know this, but I have an 18 year old son. Uh, I'm a lot older than I look. There's a lot of gray hair here. Oh, wow. um, hey. But uh, <laughs> my, uh, my son graduated high school, you know, and uh, recently. So, and one of the things that shocked me was they had a Cisco course in their high school. And I just, I can't believe that like you couldn't major in cybersecurity when I was growing up. There was no such thing as a degree in cybersecurity. You got a degree in uh, computer science, right, Shannon? So, you right. know, there was no cybersecurity degree. You can get a PhD in cybersecurity now, which is un unbelievable. Um, but even with all of that, even with security.net and YouTube and all these training courses that are available to you that we didn't have when I was growing up, there's still kids who just have no interest in cybersecurity um, or even in IT in general. So um, yeah, so we're doing everything we can. Pago Cyber is also involved in some of this uh, skills gap and diversity, aren't you? Why don't you give us a little bit of history there, Shannon? Sure do. Yeah, so I'm a huge proponent of actually encouraging diversity and inclusion in cybersecurity. Uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, I actually sat down and wrote a book called Ripping Off the Hoodie, Encouraging the Next Generation of STEM Girls, that looks at the skills gap and how we can encourage more young folks, particularly girls, to go into cybersecurity or STEM education as well as careers. Um, because we find somewhat as a society, at an early age, we start pushing girls and boys into the categories of what society considers kind of acceptable for them for their careers. So, you know, girls, you should be, you know, mothers and teachers and nurses and, and boys, you go off and be, you know, IT professionals, astronauts and, and, you know, these things that do technology. Um, so we start pushing kids away from a very early age. Um, so I wrote that book and uh, we actually just released yesterday officially um, that we've assembled an all-female advisory board for TAGO of cybersecurity professionals who just happen to be women. Um, so I'm really excited about that, um, as well as we do run a variety of internship programs at TAGO. Mm -hmm. uh, we have our security analysts typically are coming out of the community colleges or some of the cybersecurity boot camps. Uh, we have a software development uh, internship program where we pair up 
um, students that are coming out of coding camps, as well as the community colleges and, and different programs. We pair them up with a senior developer and bring them in. Because um, also we see within particularly cybersecurity that um, a lot of organizations have these crazy qualifications that they're requiring for entry level. 10 years position. experience. Yes, exactly. Entry level position, five years of experience, and a bachelor's <laughs> degree. <laughs> and you're not going to make anything either, you know. So um, just taking a look and, and taking a different approach of, of trying to solve some of that skills gap. Um, we've actually been really happy. Um, two of our interns um, have been hired to full-time positions at other organizations just because we allowed them to get a bit of experience and get their foot in the door through Tago. Right on. Yeah, as a college student who majored in journalism, finding internships is also hard. And mm -hmm. back then, we didn't have cybersecurity programs. That's how old I go back, you know. And I found it, I stumbled into the career later while researching a, a book about Kevin Mitnick when he was on the run from the FBI, Kindred Spirits with Alyssa. <laughs> um, and so that's what threw me into all of this. Unfortunately, I was not afraid of technology. So I became a leading author and uh, journalist in this space, which has been a wonderful career. Um, and it's introduced me to so many cool people like you guys, you know, which is the best. I learned so much from you people. Um, Shannon, I want to get down to what results you're actually seeing as, uh, you know, we've had the premiere. There's been a lot of promotion on social media that this series exists. I'm a portal member of Night TV, so I get to keep up with all the episodes as they come out. Um and then where else is this publishing? And that'll be a question to Alyssa after you let us know sort of the results and the spread, like, and how that results in getting messages out, not just about cybersecurity and jobs and careers and IP theft and the things we're seeing in the first two episodes, but Tego Cyber, like how does it help you for your company as well? So like Alyssa said, you know, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So storytelling and having Tego featured in these episodes of like, how does an organization use Tego? What benefits did they see um, has been a, a great opportunity for us to demonstrate who Tego is, which, you know, we're an emerging tech company. So how do we get our message out? How do we get in front of people? Uh, the premiere was one way actually for us to invite um, some potential customers and some of the CISOs that we're working with to, oh, you know, come meet us in person um, and see us face to face. And let's have a quick discussion and, and check out Tago in use by this organization and the TV series. But um, how far it spread, I was actually really surprised. So I was talking to uh, a resale partner in the UK and I said, you know, hey, we've we've got the episodes, first two episodes of Dark Ops on our website, if you guys would like to watch. And he was like, well, um, this is really cool. Thanks for sharing. I was actually talking to a potential customer about you the other day, and they mentioned the TV series. Um, so <laughs> we've gone all the way from Las Vegas over to the UK to an organization that I'm not even sure that we've ever talked to who <laughs> knows about dark ops and knows about the TV series just through social media and, and what's being shared online through the cybersecurity community. Wow. Yeah. That's good. 
Yeah, and as far as distribution is concerned, so as you mentioned, we have Night TV Plus, uh, which is the world's first cybersecurity streaming TV service, right? Um, so we have that where all of our Night TV originals um, are are published. Uh, so they go on um, uh, Night TV Plus first. Um, then roughly about a week later, we publish them on the co-producer's website. So Tego has uh, a microsite called Tego TV. Um, okay. And so people can go and actually watch uh, watch um, Dark Ops on Tego TV uh, mm -hmm. if they you know don't want to pay for a subscription to Night TV Plus. So yesterday we did announce that uh, we're now going to be offering a free ad supported tier now, um, uh, which will be coming in April. So that's that's exciting. Um, uh, but um, yeah, so there's always the co-producers website that people can watch the same the same series. Um, on Night TV Plus, you have some additional perks and stuff like, you know, behind the scenes videos, um, you know, cast interviews, though on, uh, we have a very special relationship with Tego, so we've allowed them to host on those same videos on uh, Tego TV as well. Um, but um, yeah, no, we're super excited about their technology and to be telling the story in the way we are and be able to stitch those into uh, real life story. So the next episode, I won't, I, I won't tease it too much, but um, uh, the next episode is based on another true story. Um, so we're super excited. And we're actually going to be running the movie posters for that here. Um, actually, I think today we're going live with that. So we're excited about it. Yeah. Right on. Shannon you just found out for the first time. Surprise! Yeah, yeah, just, just, um, but yeah, that's so <laughs> we're going to start running those. And yeah, and it's cool. Um, you know, the, the thing about it is, is that Shannon as a CEO really gets it. And I, and I feel like, you know, there really needs to be this change in mindset from the old guard um, for how cybersecurity marketing should be done. And and we've run into them. We've, you know, why it's it's a very new concept. It's a very radical way of thinking about marketing. And so, you know, I we run into CMOs and CEOs all the time that they just don't understand it. And, you know, I feel like if you look at the demographics or if you look at the reports that are being published, for example, by like HubSpot, who just published reports that 64% of CISOs of your buyers are making purchase decisions off of video now. They're not making it off of any other thing besides video. And so when you've got more than half your buyers making their purchase decisions off of video, and then also combining that with the fact that, you know, the oldest millennial just turned 41, you know, you're dealing with a completely different buyer now. It's the TikTok generation. Now, you know, there's even- I, I want know, you to dance for them. Yeah, and I don't, know if exactly. that. I, don't, I don't know if you saw that report, Deb, but there was a report that was just published that the, the, the new Gen Zers and these monos are now saying that two-hour movies are too long. Like, everyone wants shorter films. They want these bingeable 30-minute episodes you know, it's just times are changing. And I feel that if if you are going to separate yourself into what we call blue ocean strategy um, mm -hmm. and separate yourself from your competition by making them irrelevant, you need to adapt with the new buyer. And, and that new buyer wants everything in video. Mm -hmm. It's funny that we you say, that, you know, we want it broken down into 30 minute chunks, but then we're going to sit in front of the TV all night for all night long. <laughs> but you know, you need those commercial breaks or whatever to you know yeah. the other breaks and 
you know, but yeah, no, that's true. I mean, you know, and it's just like, you know, we all canceled our expensive cable for these streaming services. And now we subscribe to every streaming service and it now exceeds the cost of our old cable bill. But yeah. you know, that's, <laughs> That's that's the new world, and and you know I I think Zeit just released a report on that that the the future of television is app based TV. That's yeah. the future of television, mm -hmm. you know. And so I I just times are changing, and and we love that Shannon and Troy and everyone at Tago uh, gets that they they understand what it is we're doing here, and then those are the kind of companies that we want to work with. We don't want to you know um, explain to a CEO or CMO why. Um, things are changed and why this works and the old method doesn't, you know, we, we want to work with, with companies that understand and get it. And, and Shannon gets it, they get it, which is why I think they're, they're enjoying such, uh, so much success right now. So, you know, we can say the same thing for technology as an analyst in this space. I watch the same old, same old all over again, like yeah. platform <laughs> vendors were suddenly cloud first. No, you're not. A lot of the people <laughs> I talk to are switching off platforms and going to new security startups that are cloud first because their whole business is in the cloud now. So yeah. I'm watching these kind of tectonic shifts happening across the industry. And I'm thinking, okay, new times, new way of marketing, why not? Um, mm -hmm. Shannon, one of the questions I've been wanting to ask you since I met you is what is your differentiator there at Tego? So a couple different things. One, we're autonomous uh, threat correlation and threat hunting, mm -hmm. but built for the tools that the security operations team is already using. So we actually are fully integrated into the SIM platforms. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're an add-on essentially to enhance what the security operations team is already doing. Um, so that would be our major differentiator. Um, mm -hmm as well as we're combining a couple of different things. So we, we have a backend threat intelligence platform that powers our threat correlation and threat hunting tool. Um, so we're, we're combining multiple areas of both threat intelligence and threat correlation into one product, um, really. And the idea behind what we do is um, to solve some of the frustrations that security operations centers and the analysts have. And, a little bit trying to make their lives easier when it comes to dealing with the massive amount of threats that they're facing on a daily basis. I was going to ask if you help them tune down some of that noise. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So we, we help them prioritize, we help them identify. And then we also, through the context that we provide about the threats, um, help them understand exactly what they're up against by giving attribution, um, telling them what type of activities are associated with a, a certain malicious threat. So, um, like I said, trying to make things a little bit easier on the the in the lives of security analysts. Awesome. Okay, as we wrap this up. Alyssa, what link do you want to send the audience to to join Night TV Plus Portal? Sure, yeah. So if you can head over to nighttvplus.com. Uh, I am excited to announce that uh, we just um, submitted all of our apps to all the app stores. So Apple, Roku, Hulu, um, you'll be able to sign up on any connected TV platform now, uh, LG and Samsung. So we're super excited about that. We're at the mercy, unfortunately, of the approval process for all of them, uh, Android, Google TV, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, we will be announcing on social media as those apps get approved and are available. But for now, you can watch us um, on nighttvplus.com. Uh, and um, that's, yeah, and then also Tego TV, of course, and that's at tegocyber.com, Tego and then you'll see a link for Tego TV. 
Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciated the premiere. It was a lot of fun. I appreciated watching Alyssa stand up on a bar top to get her. <laughs> you got some great photos of that, by the way. That was awesome. I didn't know anyone had actually documented evidence of that. But um, yeah, and also like we look forward to uh, working with you as a screenwriter and, and folding some of your stories into future episodes and uh, yeah, making you part of it. So you're a very talented writer. So we'd love Thank to- you. In fact, I'll be sending you book three for my endorsement right after this Yay! call. Yeah, save, <laughs> save the cat. <laughs> yeah, right on. And yeah, I will be catching up with all of that with you very shortly. In the meantime, to our audience, don't forget to tune in to Night TV. Check out Tego Cyber and realize that we are in a huge paradigm shift and help us support this shift. If you like what you see, continue to promote it to other audiences for us. And we'll check in again with another podcast from SciB in a couple of weeks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the SciBeat Podcast with Deb Radcliffe, part of the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share this channel and ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.